0: Welcome back to another episode of Lost in Translation. I am your host, Mr. VHS. And we're going to recap the Celtics blowing another sizable lead heading into the second half. And they did it this time before the fourth quarter against the Miami Heat, who are 2-0. And when the Heat are up 2-0 in a series, in their history, they have not lost at all so Boston had issues afterwards between smart and Brown in the locker room words were exchanged but I think at the end of the day that's a good thing for this team because they are slowly losing their identity to the Miami Heat who are just diabolical on defense I said one of the key things to this whole Series was going to be how the teams defended and Miami has shown up on that defensive end Boston shot 50% from the floor. They made it to the free throw line 24 times hitting 19 of those shots They had 10 points off of the turnovers that were created of Miami's nine But if you flip that coin to the other side of the ball Miami. Had Boston with 20 turnovers, 11 steals compared to the five steals that Boston had. Miami shot 44% from the floor. Both teams didn't really shoot that well from behind the arc, despite Robinson's surge in the first quarter and the first half of that game with the three ball where he was unconscious from behind the arc. They got him started early. But nonetheless, the 20 turnovers... Led to 26 points for the Miami Heat off those turnovers created late down the stretch. Jimmy Butler was everywhere and anywhere he wanted to be defensively, getting the passing lanes, stealing the ball, looked hungrier than the Boston Celtics. Kemba was mic'd up last game, and in the first quarter, he was talking to Brown and he was saying, they look a step faster than us. We're a step slower. That was the case at the beginning. They corrected that. But later on down the stretch in the fourth, that statement was true. Miami was getting to every loose ball, not giving the opportunity for Boston to get back into it. Up 60-47 to 47 at halftime. Get outscored 37-17 to 17 in that third quarter. And they're down 84-77 heading into the third. And it was competitive down the stretch. 95 apiece. Under three minutes to go. And then the Heat came back after relinquishing the lead to the Celtics by having 8-0 run or an 8-1 run to go up 97-95 on the Duncan Robinson free throws. Dragish followed that with a three-pointer. It was one hundred to ninety-five with a minute and thirty left. And the turnovers upon turnovers upon turnovers led to the led to the loss for the Boston Celtics. Anger should be a result of what they threw away two games in a row, having the lead, not able to keep the lead, and just looked out of sorts as if they were a chicken with their heads cut off late in the stretch. It's either got to be Tatum or it's got to be Brown. And if they need an isolation, it's got to be Walker. But at the same time, if there's everybody watching, and waiting, and it looks like their feet are in the sand, then it's going to be a difficult, difficult series going forward. Miami's 10-1 and 1 in this bubble. They are not playing around defensively. Gordon the Dragon Dragic has been an issue for those Boston Celtics, despite the fact that Kemba is playing productively well. He had 23 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals and a block in the loss. Dragon, 25 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 for 19 from the floor, 3 for 7 from behind the arc. Bam Adebayo had 21 with 10 rebounds. Jimmy Butler does his damage late, defensively and offensively. A man who doesn't need to score had 14 points, 4 rebounds, 4 steals. Crowder had four or three steals. Bam a bio, had two of those steals. Crowder finished with 12 points, four rebounds, and two assists. Robinson, 18 points. Hero, 11 off the bench. Robinson was six for 12, and that was all beyond the arc. He was 500 from the three-point land. A man only shoots from the three, and yet... Boston is not running him off that line and making him uncomfortable. The majority of his shots are beyond the arc. He's not a real comfortable shooter within that three-point line, and yet he seems to find the same shot all the time whenever he's playing any team defensively. It's a difficult task for Boston. They had their bench with Canner. Ten minutes, he had nine points. He was perfect from the field and he was getting the mismatches down low due to that 2-3 zone that Miami stays with Bam Adebayo at the top. They brought him down low to put a bigger body on the smaller guards, and he could easily find the rim. At one point, they got Houston – sorry, Boston got the Heat out of their 2-3 zone to play a man in that second quarter, and – It showed how difficult it is for them to guard in that way. The Miami Heat against the Boston Celtics, which gave them that big lead heading into halftime. They were able to do everything and anything they wanted to do. But yet that third quarter was a disaster, had them gone. And then the fourth quarter with all the turnovers and the inconsistencies down on the offensive end, they could not capitalize in this loss, the Boston Celtics. They are down 2-0 in that series. And look at a whole a lot of trouble going forward if they cannot figure out that 2-3 zone and if they cannot figure out how to take care of the ball and close out games as they did in the previous series against the Toronto Raptors. They seem as if they are fatigued. Beyond doubt mentally. And they need to get their stuff together before they see themselves down 3 nothing in this series. And the Miami Heat sit comfortably in charge if that does happen. I could see Boston making the series 2-1. Putting the pressure back on the Miami Heat. And also giving them some life offensively. Knowing that they can actually pull through in a game. And all it's going to take is game by game, play by play, quarter by quarter. They can't look anywhere else besides themselves, get over what transpired. You're down 0-2, move on forward. The Miami Heat, at the same time, know they're up 2-0. Know the type of players and the atmosphere that goes on the locker room and has really focused on their strength defensively, making it very difficult for The Boston Celtics to get comfortable on the perimeter, putting pressure on the ball, and just being a team that plays the passing lane, rebounds well, and is able to establish themselves in the paint and get to the paint easily against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are doing a great job getting to the paint as well, too. But the majority of the time, it's usually Drogic getting to the middle, Hero sidestepping somebody and getting to the lane. Butler getting down the middle. Tatum, Brown, they do pick their poison in getting to the rim. Tatum especially is all about filtering out his offense on the interior to the exterior. Brown tends to settle a lot for his jump shots. If he gets more aggressive, that could be a key factor for Boston. And Marcus Smart's just got to play within himself and do what he's been doing throughout this series – Sometimes bad shots, losses, and all the other stuff add up and things get misconstrued and you say what you say. But at the end of the day, you're down 0-2. The Heat are up 2-0. Which team is really wanting to make this series for them is the next question. Is Boston going to turn that around and get back to what got them to this point? Or are they going to struggle and not be able to keep leads when they do have them, when they have a team down, not have the ability to keep them down that way. Miami likes or doesn't like. They play from behind very well. They're not, they don't get flustered. They don't get nervous. There's none of that stuff that transpires. They themselves are on track to do what they do. Boston's got to find a way to mingle and mix that up. But oh two nonetheless, the heat is on. It is a two Nothing series for them. The WNBA game elimination transpired. Phoenix Mercury and the Minnesota Link heartbreaking loss for the Phoenix Mercury. Last second out of bounds play. Inches from getting the ball out to the top. Minnesota had a great defensive stop down there, doubling up and avoiding for an easy look for Minnesota. Taurasi, 28 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, and 1 steal in the loss. Damaris Dantas, 22-8, 2-1 in the win for the Minnesota Link. Evenly matched throughout the game. It was just came down to a last second. You're hoping for another miracle shot by a player on the Phoenix Mercury, and that did not happen. Things could have been different if Griner was there. Could have helped them solidify their middle a little bit more, but personal issues and reasons and she was out and so are the Phoenix Mercury who are now packing to get out of the Wubble. And the Connecticut Suns shock the LA Sparks with a 15-7 record. The Connecticut Suns 10-12 and 12, losers of 2 coming into this contest or the playoffs itself they took out in the single elimination game prior to that contest but it's hard to see the connecticut suns taken down the chicago sky which they did and then go on to beat the la sparks which they just did as well too 73 to 59, a 22 to 8 quarter for the Connecticut Suns to start off the game, and really, really the poor shooting from three, despite the fact that 38 three pointers were taken by both teams combined. Nine of those shot, nine of the threes were hit by the Connecticut Suns, with only two of 18 four the LA Sparks both teams didn't shoot that well from the floor but the Sparks just didn't or couldn't do anything about what the Connecticut Suns were doing playing a collective collective team basketball right now Dewana Bonner 17 points 13 rebounds 5 assists 2 steals 1 block Candace Parker 22 points 14 assists 5 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks in the loss. And the LA Sparks that were looking at a favorable matchup against the Las Vegas Aces are no longer in contention for that because we have our semifinals in the WNBA, the Connecticut Suns, the 10-12 and 12 Connecticut Suns, against the 18-4 and 4 Las Vegas Aces at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Followed by the Minnesota Link 14 and 8 up against the 18 and 4 Seattle Storm at 3 p.m. on Sunday. The WNBA is about to have maybe a juggernautish final. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But both teams were in favor of making it. Seattle, especially chosen by a lot, myself included to make it to the WNBA Finals. The Las Vegas Aces behind Asia Wilson, 2020 MVP. It's going to be a hard-fought battle for the Connecticut Suns. I don't know if that slipper of Cinderella is still going to belong after this series is done, but I look for the Las Vegas Aces to be taken on the Seattle Storm in the final, but they have a tough task with the Minnesota Link. The Seattle Storm do themselves, but they have their semifinals games on Sunday. And today's matchup, we have the Los Angeles Lakers versus not the Clippers because the Trippers, you know, tripped over their own feet, imploded, could not secure a win after being up 3-1. They go off against the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Flurry Murray, and the Jokic face off against LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, Mr. Unibrow himself, tonight at 9 p.m. And it's going to be a game that I believe the Lakers learned their lesson in their series when they faced off against the Houston Rockets. And Houston came back and beheaded them with that third quarter push. But the Lakers know how not to give up leads when they're ahead. The Clippers, on the other hand, they were learning on how to just win one game. With the experience that LeBron brings to the table, with everything that Rondo's has in his DNA coaching staff. You have great assistance on that bench as well, too. And you got a great bench. I believe the Lakers will come out of this series. That is my prediction. I find that the Denver Nuggets have gotten themselves in a position to be down 3-1 too often and get comfortable in that and that this is not a team to have that recipe against due to the fact of LeBron James and what he knows and him being 14-0 when his team is up 3-1. Denver has not a chance if they try to do this once again. And if they do this once again and pull it off, then hey, kudos to a recipe that should not be made more than once. But if they can do it for the fifth time, then who am I to say that playing... Down in a series and finding yourself in the second half of those games is a recipe for success because it's worked against the Utah Jazz. It's worked against the Los Angeles Clippers. But I don't think it's going to work against the LA Lakers. The Joker himself, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal and a block. LeBron James comes in averaging 25 points, 7 rebounds, ten assists, a steal and a block also it'd be interesting to see how Jamal Murray will play as well too averaging in these playoffs 27 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting 50, 50 from the floor, 49 from 3, 91 from the free throw line. Anthony Davis cannot forget about AD and the factor he's going to have on Joker. I find if he plays aggressively on Jokic as he brings up the ball, not giving him space, just putting a body on him whenever he catches that ball in the backcourt because he looks to push, looks to run, don't make him feel comfortable like the other teams did. Don't do what the Clippers did and double team him and then hope Murray doesn't go off, which he can if you're going to give him that much green light going forward there's no way anybody should be able to say hey i'm going to take you away and hope you don't go crazy because there's other players involved with those Denver Nuggets that people forgot about Millsaps has been a veteran Plumlee's been a veteran you've got Porter Jr who stated what he stated everyone got on him for what he said but he's proved that he was right in the theory of get everybody else involved We're a better team when people are options on the court. Himself has proven that, putting up numbers, rebounds, blocks. You have Harris coming back from his injury, being productive on the defensive end and offensively. You got Craig, you got Grant, you got a lot of big bodies on that team that they can throw at AD who's been averaging 27.6 points a game, 10 to 11 rebounds, four assists. He's shooting 59% from the floor, 39 from three, which he doesn't average as much shots. He takes about three three to four a game, 75% from the line. He's usually at the line nine times per Outing depending on who they're facing. It's not going to be a smaller Houston. It's going to be a more physical physical Denver Nugget team. But it'll be very interesting to see how they compare defensively up against AD. who can stretch the floor. You also got Rondo. Morris is playing a lot better offensively than his older brother was defensively. On the Trippers himself. Rondo is going to be a great X-Factor off that bench. Second unit wise. And just the basketball IQ. That Kawhi said the Clippers were lacking. I always... Mentality for me is not who starts the game. But who ends the game. You can be a starter on the court. Great. You could play. Get your name called out. But the last five minutes of any game... You have to make it out as if you are the only option for your coach and your team to win because of how you played when you got the opportunity to. And I feel as if those Denver Nuggets have done that against the Clippers. They did that against the Utah Jazz. But the Lakers have been proving everybody throughout this course of the Wubble or the Bubble, I should say, the Bubble Off because they weren't supposed to be the team that looked as if they were going to secure another chance to get a championship banner hanging from the rafters because the trippers were the team defensively but these lakers giving up 104 or so 106 points they play defense they stop and if you can slow down houston And that three-point barrage and all that stuff that they throw your way. I think Denver might be a task that they take care of. I see a lot of pressure put on the Nuggets defensively by the LA Lakers. And the Joker says there's no pressure on the Lakers themselves. Or there's no pressure on Denver. But there's pressure now. You're in the Western Conference Finals. It's the first time since 2009. Last time we were there against the Lakers, you didn't make it through. And now is your opportunity because you are in the spotlight. The pressure is on. And people are going to talk about the recipe for disaster if you go down 3-1 again and don't make it through or the recipe for success. But they cannot go down 3-1 against this team. This is not the Trippers. This is not the Utah Jazz. This is the LA Lakers and a, not even star-studded team, just a team who understands what they need to do in order to compete for a championship. LA, the other team that's out, had a lot of guys on their team that did nothing prior to what they did before they got Kawhi, and Paul George. Kawhi's won two championships, two finals MVPs, sorry, three championships, two of those MVPs. He was guarding LeBron James when he won that MVP, but LeBron still averaged over 25 points, so I don't really understand. He did slow him down, but collectively, San Antonio had a way better team with Duncan, Parker, Mano, even uh, Dia was playing good as well, too, so I don't know any of those guys on the Clippers that I would compare to any of those players on San Antonio when he had his run with San Antonio. And I believe, and I said it before, the Raptors are a better team than the Clippers were prior to that trade with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, just the pieces in place. They were better, more efficient. They were top of the Eastern Conference for a great, great stretch in in the playoff contention in the east. They did what they needed to do. It wasn't like they took the full strength Golden State Warriors to 6 games and lost. Yes, the Clippers lost. They got the other two. Paul George has been non-existent in any playoff performances. Ask Westbrook, ask Lillard, ask anybody. And now they're talking about trading him in a different direction, but This is not about the trippers. This is about the Lakers, not the fakers. The Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James led Antonio Davis as not Antonio Davis. Davis as their their center and a core group of guys who understand the structure of how to play defense and how to succeed and close out games. Denver loves to play Catch-up game, but you can't be catching up against a team with this much experience and a player who's determined to prove the whole entire world wrong. Didn't get MVP this year, and deservingly so, I don't think he should have. If we're talking regular season, we're talking overall best record Milwaukee Bucks. We're talking about a guy who Giannis putting up 31 in 30 minutes. Not That hasn't been done since... Wilt Chamberlain, and that's a feat where they had to expand and make rules for a guy that was dominating, and he did that in a league with the no with the three point line and doesn't have a three point shot, just the ability to get to where he wanted to get to, and do what he needed to do during the regular season. Playoff stretch didn't really work out; the injury hampered, and the poor shooting around him as well too. But Miami, as we see now, is Not a joke. They are the real deal defensively. So, sorry, I just went on a little rant right there. But the Lakers versus Denver. Denver's got to be real careful on how they start this game and this series off and do not get comfortable being the trailer throughout the course of this entire series. Lakers face off against those Denver Nuggets tonight at 9 p.m. That is game one of the Westerns Conference Final, and it should be exciting. WNBA also kicks off Sunday. But, Giannis, congratulations on your second MVP award in as many years. Also, history in the making with you joining Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon who both won defensive player and MVP in the same year the only person that won both those awards and an NBA final and an NBA NBA finals MVP yes that was the dream Akeem Olajuwon in my books one of the greatest centers that ever played the game footwork just skill-wise everything about that dude was scary and he gets overlooked by a lot of people in the top five at that position. But that is something people need to really check themselves about. Lakers. Yes. You are four games away from a finals in Orlando since the same time in 2009 that Kobe beat the Orlando magic in Orlando. I don't know what you say about that, but I'm just saying it, okay? Also, the Miami Heat, you're up 2-0. That series, if it does pan out between the two, would be very interesting to see how Bam and AD go up against each other and the rest of those parts on each on both teams play. Who stops LeBron so on and so forth. Jimmy Butler would probably play defense against him. There's Iguodala as well, too. There's a lot of possibilities. In Boston, the same thing with Denver. There's so much you can get into. But it's L.A. versus Denver tonight, 9 p.m. And I'm looking for the Los Angeles Lakers to really put their stamp on stuff. Look for LeBron to be playing extra, extra powerful today. Like I said in previous podcasts on one of my episodes in the 30s, LeBron James should not worry about the regular season MVP and focus on one thing, and that's the finals MVP and getting to that championship. Appreciate you guys taking the time. Mask up. Enjoy. Be safe. 9 p.m. Denver versus Los Angeles. Lost in translation, I'm your host, Mr. VHS. Peace! I'm gone.